You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. Welcome, 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 everyone, to Soul Power to the People podcast. My name is Tess Frigera, and today I am so excited. We are on a special time today because I have to make adjustment for a beautiful, mystical guest today. Her name is Renette, Renette Hinsbeck Nell, and she's amazing. I had the opportunity to talk to her recently, and we talked about facing death, physicalizing your dreams and actually embodying your divinity. Isn't that such a wonderful subject to talk about today? So without further ado, Renette, welcome to Soul Power to the People podcast. Thank you very much, Tess. And I really feel very blessed that you invited me to be your guest today. I appreciate that and look forward yeah. to sharing with you our various <laughs> thoughts around it. Yeah, not... To not invite you would be a crime against humanity, I think. <laughs> yeah, because of everything that you were saying um, during our brief conversation a few weeks ago, it's exactly what I want to impart to people, you know, beyond our physical struggles, beyond our physical concept, our self-concept, is this new concept that has been hidden from us whether intentionally or unintentionally whether you know but it's the truth and the truth has been hidden from us and it's our divinity it's our soul power and how do we return the soul power to the people is always the intention of this show to empower people to live beyond struggles even beyond their face of death so our topic today is you know, focused on death, dreams, and divinity. And uh, first of all, Renette, can you introduce yourself and uh, tell us why you agreed to come to the show? Certainly. Thank you, Tess. Well, I work with people who think they're too old to create their dreams and remind them that by owning your own power, you already have everything you need to create whatever you love at birth. And to own your own power is the way to actually live as a creator and to keep creating your dreams. They don't die. Our dreams don't die. Our bodies will die. But our dreams have no expiration date on them. I wrote my first book just before I turned 70, and I have more to write. There is no age limit on bringing our dreams into reality, creating them. And I am feeling really blessed to be here with you, Tess, because you are speaking my language. <laughs> are, we are both about the not knowing that we are actually soul embodied. We are in physicality, but it's our limitless self that is really born into a body and then learning to orient itself now that it is separate by creating what um, can be referred to as an egoic vehicle. So we create from conception onwards, we create 
how it is here on earth and make up uh, beliefs that we believe, but they're not true, they're lies. Like I'm mm -hmm. not good enough and so on. So yes, I can't wait for the world to start creating what they love because we're creating a new world. And the more of us who align with what we would love, what our hearts would love, what world we would love to live in, the greater the influence we have on the end result of how the new world is. Right. And that's, yeah, it, it really is a crime that we, our consciousness has been dumbed down so much so that we think of ourselves as powerless, as uh, here to just conform and comply with the dictates of the society, with the dictates of the government, the government overreach that's happening right now. So what? why is it that you said yes to coming on to the show, especially with the title, you know, Rising Above Crimes Against Humanity? Um, <clears throat> that is, uh, you know, for some people shy away from that. I don't want to talk about crimes against humanity. I just want to be spiritual. But you said yes. Why is that? <laughs> well, I said yes, because I'm totally aware that there, are, there is a massive crime against humanity globally because humanity is being consciously herded, if you can use the word herd, into fear. Like cows. Yeah. 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 Or wild horses that you're wanting to corral mm. and tame. Mm -hmm. And it is really a challenge for the majority of people to even be aware when they are in fear, because not, not all of us have mastered who we are, mastered our emotions, at least become aware of where we are in our brain at a given moment. When you're in fear, you're in the old reptilian brain and you actually lose access to your higher brain functions. You're in that fear, flight, freeze state. And for one of the biggest crimes if you want as far as i'm concerned is the fact that we're currently not allowed to be with somebody who is in hospital and dying mm. and we also have scared our children literally almost to death there's very high here in south africa there's a very high in much higher incidence of children committing suicide than there ever was before and we have taken away from them this co the confidence that all is well that we they they are now afraid and um to be in either of an frail care house home or an old age home or in a hospital and not allowed to see those you love and for loved ones not to be with whoever is in that situation i think is a massive crime because, mm -hmm. you, you know, everybody's scared to die, but we're all going to die. It's the only thing we have that is certain is that we will die. Our body will die. Our limitless self, our soul will never die. Mm -hmm. But to now go and make everybody so scared that they are afraid to live in case they die, they're going to die anyway, is a huge crime in my opinion. And that's why I'm happy to be here, because I, I want to shout it from the rooftops if I could. 
wake up, own your death, and live. Wow. Yeah, thank you. My mother died alone in a nursing home in Canada. Uh, and I'm in the U.S. And you are in South Africa, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's the loneliness itself, creating unnecessary loneliness for our old and aging and for our children who will create that model of reality growing up that this must be it. So it's really our divinity is tampered when we are led or herded by fear. When yeah. fear is used as a means to herd us into compliance and conformity because uh, our divinity for for me is our uniqueness it's our gift it's it's something that we need to explore and open up to but then we are not given that permission because fear is installed in us every day every second in every way um so having said that Let's talk about returning the soul power to the people because I think this conversation is best served by reminding people that we are divine human beings. Yes. Um, <laughs> so start from, you know, what is your message to the people that, you know, we only have a really limited amount of time here, but if there is one message that you want to tell people right now, what is it? What's the most important message you can tell people? The most important message for me is that we are born as creators with everything in us already at birth to create what we love. And mm -hmm. there is no time limit on when and how to create that. But we are sparks of the divine. And that divinity implies that we are absolute creators. And we don't need anything outside of ourselves. People are looking outside of themselves for why they can't create or why they can create something. Don't. It's inside you. We are alchemists. And our daily things that happen in our life is like the lead, which if we don't try and fix it, don't try and resolve it, can turn into the gold of what we love. But we need to focus on what we love because you give power to what you focus on. So if you are focusing on fear things, fear-driven things, then you keep creating that and you keep having things to fix. But if you're focused on creating what you love and just hold the tension of the things that don't seem to be going in the direction of what you love and not fixing it, recognizing it, owning it, knowing it's there, but not fixing it, that will become your momentum and the catalyst for turning it into what you love is your heart your love mm -hmm. we we are our own duality our inner duality you know the physical planet exists because of duality and we need duality and our own personal duality is our what we i'm calling our egoic nature that vehicle we created that is scared that it, its purpose is to keep us safe and our soul self, which is our divinity and limitless and connected to all that is through all time and space. And by playing with these two energies, uh, having them in the, I always see our heart as the crucible 
of for that you know with alchemy you have ingredients and you put them together and you add a fire to them and a catalyst and our catalyst is love the love we hold in our heart for life and by adding mm -hmm. that and playing with these this duality already within us we create the life we love right and that that is why they're installing fear in us so that we don't we fear life instead of killing the love for life that you said. I, I believe that's inherent in us, but yes. because of uh, so many manipulations and indoctrination that we go through um, that gets dumbed down and, and silenced and, and pushed down so that we don't, we no longer recognize that as part of us, we become enslaved to fear. But what was the journey like for you? I'm sure in your, younger years um were you born a mystic um what was your journey like for you how, how did you become so wise or how did you realize the truth how how did you how did you face truth and you know taste with difficulty <laughs> <laughs> difficulty i think we all born mystics and we all born geniuses, just as we all born as creators and life. The way I see life is that all of it's a gift from life. And but it took me a life. I mean, a lifetime. I'm 73 now. So it, I have a lifetime of <laughs> learning and studying and experiencing the good and the bad and the indifferent in life. And I have long ago learned that even the things that hurt us the most profoundly, and I've had a few of those, quite a few, um, those exceedingly painful experiences, if you don't mm -hmm. hold on to them and try and define yourself through them, but actually are prepared to see what evolved in you as a result of them, then they are your greatest gifts from life. Our son had a learning disability when he started school and I cried bitterly under one of our, we had a lychee tree in the garden at the time and I couldn't believe it that they said he is dumb and he's not going to be a get through school and so on. And I knew he's a genius. And I spent the next 13 years studying how the brain works and doing endless workshops about health and healing and food and all the things I could possibly lay my hands on in order to help him through school. And he got through school. And then when he went on to study electronic engineering, which is his field of genius, he was the first student to be given a 100% mark in, the, in his practical for digital systems. So wow. I didn't become a mystic <laughs> quickly or easily it was hard and that that was one of the greatest gifts in my life was that that child had such a profound disability in to, in being able to learn that i had to learn how we function in order to help him through just through school because i never believed in fact i still don't believe uh that learning disabilities are a health issue they are an educational issue and one of my very 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 biggest dreams is to actually establish schools or have them established where 
children's innate genius is acknowledged and supported and nurtured and where the teacher's innate genius is also acknowledged, supported and nurtured rather than what the current education system is. But that's a little bit off topic for death dreams. Exactly. Um, guys, if you look back to previous podcasts, we talked about engineering our children into you know, becoming genderless even to, you know, yes. normalizing pedophilia, using our education system so that pe our children don't even know the essence of who they are. And that is a huge crime. So they, they really target children at a very young age. Um, so carry yes. on, uh, Renette. Um, when you talk about duality, polarity, struggles through life how how do you not you know this is our own crime against humanity how do you not live through the lens of fear how do you not live through the lens of failure how do you do that because i i, I think you, you talked about the egoic our, our egoic nature and and its intention is to protect us right but this this is our natural tendency self-preservation Right, but how, how do you go beyond that? How do you transcend the ego? Um, how do you live life in a divine way and yet also <laughs> not, not uh, you know, create more damage in, in uh, the self-judgment, the critical mind, um, all of that. How do you not use any of those against ourselves, which is really self-sabotage, if you think about it. But I believe self-sabotage is, is there for a reason, too, for our highest uh, evolution. But what are your thoughts? How do you not define yourself through the lens of failure? Yes, really by changing your way of being. I I started meditating when I was 26 and pregnant with my last child. And that was in 1976. Wow. And through meditation, you cannot help but connect to your soul self. And you cannot help but become aware of who you are. You know, that thing of know thyself is really, and mastering one's energy, knowing who you are is one of the most important things because when you do, you own yourself. You own your power. You you uh, keep keep having the power in you. You don't expect the power to be outside of you because you know the divinity is within you, and you are connected to that and part of that. And it took. I did a lot of studying, and I became a certified facilitator for Dr. John D. Martini's work as well in I think 2008 or nine, um, where you learn to actually see that everything has its opposite as well. So a good thing has bad things in it and bad things have good things in it. And by learning to recognize that there is nothing either good or bad, but our perceptions about it make it so, but inherently something that happens is neutral. Um, it, teach, it teaches you to just keep coming back to yourself and coming back to your heart and live and living as a creator is like a whole other way of being. We normally live as a reactor. So things happen and we react to it. 
and we try and fix it. But as a creator, you know that you, what you would love, and you know the universe will present it. It doesn't present, it just happens. But you don't have to know how it will happen. But you do have to know with certainty and clarity what you would love. And you ha it has to be true for you. If you're trying to create something that is a fantasy or somebody else's dream for you, you will, you will actually be in that egoic part of yourself, which is fear-driven, because you'll be afraid of not getting it. That's the reaction. You, when you're reacting, you, it's really because you're afraid of not getting what you love. And just knowing, becoming aware, it's, it took me two years with coaching. <laughs> I still have my personal coach who is brilliant. Um, that, and I, we speak every month. And with her help, I it took me two years to recognize when I'm in a reactive. In other words, that's when you do the self-sabotage thing. And when I'm in a creative orientation. Mm. And even now, there are multiple times when I go into reaction, but learning to discern and notice, just knowing yourself, knowing when, ah, okay, I, I just, that was my ego talking there versus this is what I would love. So there's two things you can ask yourself every split second almost, and that is what would I love and where's my focus? And where your focus is, is actually what you're giving power to. So if your focus is in fixing something and you're taking action to fix something, you're not giving, you're giving power in the reaction that you're in the fear mode. But if your focus is in creating something and the action you take to create it and bring it into being could be exactly the same action as it might have been from the fear, from the reactive. But your energy is different. Your energy is your divinity creating what you love. Okay, so tell us more about that. You, you've said that many, many, many times that do not hold the tension, but not fix. Yes. Can you give us an example? Can you break that? Because I, I believe okay. that is the core of the message here. We're, we're all trying to say, isn't the Bible or, or the religion says you are your brother's keeper or they... they promote that as a virtue you know then then it becomes a virtue signaling oh then oh i need to be kind i need to be nice you know that you know it's yeah. uh, it's it's become a fakery really that you 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 uphold this virtue but then deep inside you're conflicted you deep inside you don't feel in integrity with your own authentic soul self so talk to us about that how do you not fix you don't fix by just monitoring I'll take an a simple example um, I used to uh, this is a very ordinary example I used to when I grew up my mother made it very clear that if my bed wasn't made and the house wasn't clean and things went this way or that way then I was a bad person mm. so I used to make my bed every day very meticulously she even taught me how to make it you know like that hospital style where you tuck the sheets in a certain way so that I can feel good. So I'm fixing how I am feeling that if I don't make my bed, I'm a bad woman, bad girl in the old days when I was younger. And so I'm making my bed 
And if somebody else were to visit me, especially once I was older and had my own children and didn't always get around to making the bed, if somebody came to visit and the bed wasn't made, then I was like, in, I'm a bad person because I haven't got a good looking bed and a good looking house. And then when I was 64 and I learned the difference between reacting and creating, and took, I only learned it when I was 64 from William Whitecloud, in fact. Uh-huh. And I then realized I still need to make my bed. But now I'm making my bed because I am creating my health. So I'm doing the same thing I did in order not to feel bad. In other words, to resolve my identity about who I am. I'm now creating my bed to have a good night's sleep because I'm that original princess <laughs> who feels that pee through 14 mattresses. <laughs> so if there's the tiniest crease in my bed, I feel it and it upsets me. So I'm still making my bed, but where my energy and focus is, is different. It was on not being a bad person, that's fixing, versus creating my health because then I have a good night's sleep if my bed is well made. Is that a, uh-huh. a, a suitable example? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that, you know, creating those patterns of perfection really shadows us throughout life, right? That you have to be a certain way to please our mom, our dad, our siblings, yeah. our teachers, even the priest, even, you know, I grew up in a Catholic school. So that's that's my example. So all this is just to yeah. prove you are worthy of uh, favors from God, yeah. right? Otherwise you will be punished to go to yeah. hell. That That is my, yeah. how, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that, that's how I relate to your story. Yours is a, is bad, but, you know, it follows us through life, this, this myth of perfection, but we already are perfect and created in the image and likeness of God, you know. Um, but how is it that we were, we were taught to, you know, it, it's like we were taught to, you know, to, to soldier on, to to become like just boxes of perfectionism when we can be more, when we can be, when we can expand into more and become limitless, right? So, so it's just an amazing, and I noticed too, you know, you said from reacting to creating same letters, just shift it around, kind of like you, you know, the same bed, you just shifted the meaning why you need to make your bed, but it's not for others to perceive you as good. You already are good, but for you to enjoy your health. Yes, and in fact, when you talk about perceptions and how others perceive you, how others perceive you is their business, nothing to do with you. Because we also think somebody, if somebody tells you you're lazy or you this or you that, it's actually a reflection of them because they're projecting something in themselves that they are either ashamed of or not owning onto you. And it's none of your business how others see you. So you don't have to try and please people or anything like that. We all have everything. Every single human being on the planet has all the same traits. And we all express them in our own unique way. So for instance, somebody who is, I used to admire people who are very stylishly dressed, coming from being a farm girl, I grew up on farms, first in Northern Rhodesia and then here in South Africa. I always felt 
like a farm girl, you know, plus Macy, as we say in Afrikaans. And I never felt sophisticated or polished in the well-dressed way, Vogue magazine cover way. And I would always feel less than with my friends who were town girls and had more smart clothes or different clothes or were aware of what the fashion was while I was not aware. And then I realized that I have my own unique way of being stylish. It's just not in clothes. It's in how I decorate my house. So everybody has all the traits. We just express them in our own unique way. So there is no need whatsoever for anybody to feel somebody is lazy or they this or they that, because we are all of that ourselves in our way. They might be, we'll be lazy in the things that are unimportant to us and very mm -hmm. on, on, active and on point and working in the things that are unimportant to us. I mean, important to us, unimportant, important. I think I confused myself. I hope I didn't confuse anybody <laughs> listening. <laughs> no, I got you perfectly. Um, while you were saying it, it made sense. Um, I love it because really, I believe that in my own experience in journeying through this, you know, I really believe that returning to soul power, embodying and really getting to, you know, know thyself, knowing our energy, knowing our reactivity, knowing our responses, knowing our triggers, knowing what is it that, that take us off center, knowing what it is that, oh, how is it that this so-and-so was able to manipulate me into saying yes? And what is it our, what, for me, it's like, I will never be intimidated. I will never be, <laughs> you know, I grew up uh, watching my mom saying, I will never, you know, I will never. But for me, the growth process was returning back to love. I, I just want to share this because it's it's through that contrast that I was able to find myself. I will never be a, a doormat. I will never be a medicine cabinet. That's why I, I, I don't take medication. And so when they said, you know, in the past two years, roll up your sleeves and get a shot, over my dead body and um I will never be a punching bag like no one will hit me abuse me you know but there's certain things to that that was all even though I said I will never but look you know it's still it was happening in my life there was bullying there was this intimidation and that but because I said I will never I rose above but also the returning to love because, you know, by rejecting my mom, I was also rejecting the love that she is. And she passed away last year. Right. And, um, and that, that was the whole journey of, of the, the reunification of the polarity that you were talking about, right. The duality and, and that harmonizing. And, and this is, I really believe in this work, the harmonizing. You use the word neutral. Don't try to fix. Just be present with it. Hold the tension, but don't try to fix. So what can you tell us more? <laughs> well, 
uh, yeah, the big thing is to become aware of of what it is what it is you're doing and why. If you can start just catching yourself out when you're taking action, and love is really, as far as I'm concerned, hundred percent the answer. But it's a, you know the <laughs> the biggest, the most important and um, dangerous journey actually is to love yourself because that is really what what we're doing isn't it we we love somebody else but you can actually only love them to the degree that you love yourself so learning to love yourself is really what all of our relationships are about and when we love ourselves then we have love that we can give to others because you can't give somebody something that you haven't got mm -hmm. for you right and i'm i know that this chaos we're experiencing now globally in so many ways is the result of an old system that has dissipated when the system has reached the maximum of its However, I forget systems theory a little bit. I studied it in those years when I was helping my son. But when they dissipate, they, chaos ensues. And then from the chaos, coherence happens and a new system is created. And we're actually actively in that state, state and space now of that chaos. And every one of the human beings on this planet is contributing with their thinking, their feeling, their actions to creating the new world we will be experiencing in 10, 20 years time. And so I think it's of cardinal importance for us to learn to love ourselves, because if you love yourself, you don't need love from other people. You're not, you don't feel greedy and you don't feel needy because you are complete. Mm -hmm. And from that completeness, it's easy to be benevolent, to be compassionate, and that's the world I would love for us to be living in, is one where our first reaction when we meet somebody who's different to us is one of benevolence and curiosity and not of malevolence and antagonism. Because we see somebody who's different from us and we protect ourselves or we push them away or we decide they're different, we don't want to deal with them but to just be curious okay you different to me how fascinating tell me about yourself if we could meet like that why would we have wars why would we have the dramas that we are now and if people love themselves they're not a pushover so they won't be easily intimidated or made fearful because they they know who they are if you love yourself you know who you are you know you're good you're bad and you're indifferent I love that. Now tie that into the fear of dying that was installed in us the past two years. Well, the fear of dying is always there. And it's a wonderful, you know, fear, a fear appeal. In, in general advertising, I studied communication. I went back to university when I was 44, got my degrees in um, communication. And it's a known method of persuasive communication is a fear appeal 
And it's one of the most powerful ones because, because for the very reason, the moment you are fearful, you go into the reptilian brain and you fight or flee or freeze and you stop the access to the rest of your brain until you've calmed down enough. So if you want to control a large number of people, there is no better way than marketing something with fear appeals. And it's actually very common in so many products being sold. You're not, you know, if you don't use my product to lose weight, you're not going to be sexy enough for somebody to love you. And the, we have fear appeals everywhere in advertising. I personally prefer connection over fear appeals, but it's a fantastic method of persuasive uh, communication in getting people to then buy. So you make them scared and then you offer them a solution and then they will go for that solution because they're so scared. They will go, if you're in enough fear, you will go for whatever is offered to you as a solution and as something that is safe. So right. that is also why the, whenever people are relaxing a little bit and things are going back to people being able to move about a little bit, there will be a new um, fear appeal launched. <laughs> and new people will be made scared again. So that they, because the, the big thing is to try and if you want to control people, don't let them think for themselves because exactly. then they can start using logic <laughs> and tune into the higher self and you can it's very hard to meditate if you're in fear and it's very mm -hmm. hard to be present to whatever's going on when you're in fear and it's very hard to see a bigger picture when it's in fear you just literally narrow down to that part which wants to keep you safe and all right. your higher functions are locked down and that is the challenge for everybody to just, and that's why I say own your death. Johan and I, my husband, he has Parkinson's disease. And last year we actually thought he would not live very long anymore. Luckily, thank goodness, he's carried on and he's actually uh, in my, near me. You just can't see him. And we decided to own that he's dying, to own that I am dying. Every single one of us dies every moment. We, we are, apart from all the cells in our body that replenish and replace themselves, we are, from the moment of conception, the only certainty we have is that we'll die. Our bodies will die. And that is really the basis of all fear appeals, is making somebody, reminding them they will die and making them scared to die. But by owning our death, by recognizing, ah, we're going to die. And then asking, how do we want to live? If today, if this hour was my last hour, how would I like, how would I love this hour to be? Incidentally, Tess, if this was my last hour, I love that it's with you here. Yeah? <laughs> but by owning the fact that you most certainly will die. Your body will most certainly die. It's like a dress that is no longer serving you. But your spirit will be eternal and connected through all time and space. But when, and when he and I started to consciously 
be aware of that and live. Knowing we'll die, not fussing about dying, living, because we know we'll die. So what do we want to do while we have life? We have actually deepened our love so profoundly that it amazes us because, you know, we've been married, we got married in 1974. Mm-hmm. I think it was 74, 73, somewhere there. And so we've been together a long time and loved each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And we were amazed, especially with him having Parkinson's, which is very debilitating physically, that we could experience this depth of love after owning that we'll die. And that's why I say, own your death. It's so liberating, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So liberating to just own your death. Um, And you can use that as a metaphor to anything, own your death, own your failures, own, you know, whatever is it, it is that died, you know, whenever we shift or transition to a new level of being a part of us dies yeah. you know like like the single mom in me died or the uh the students you know my younger days my 30 year old died but then a birth of something new um is so exciting when we can shift our our perception that wow with every death comes birth with every ending comes a new beginning you know when a door shuts down something else opens up so it's it's really a mind shift but so powerful and liberating um and unfortunately that fear of death was highly used to indoctrinate people into submission into losing themselves into giving up their dreams dreams and freedom and so you talked about missing the bigger picture when we are in fear. What's the bigger picture? Well, one bigger picture is the fact that you, your essence doesn't die. Your soul doesn't die. You're limitless. You're a limitless being of light connected through all time and space. And that's the first bigger picture is that that which is real about you, that which is from divine source, doesn't die. And when you know that and learn to connect to that, now breath is our gift for connecting to that. Because just by breathing deeply, you actually center yourself and still yourself. So if you can, in moments of fear, actually just breathe and just focus on your breath. And especially that space between breaths, you actually here and now and present. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the best ways of not reacting to things happening is to just Mr. the breath. Yeah. Focus on your breath. And by, by being present, like in capital letter present, is you here now. And in every moment that you're present, then nothing is missing. The missing things happen when you're living in the past and projecting it onto the future or living it into the future and bringing in your projections from the past or your memories from the past. But right now in this moment, nothing is missing. And that bigger picture is that you won't die. Your body will die, but you are not your body. Our 
Our bodies, we learn that our body is the temple of God. Our body isn't God. And mm -hmm. it is something we create through which we experience physicality because we cannot experience physicality without a body. And then there, there are other bigger pictures which go beyond various scenes. They're endless bigger pictures. And it's literally when you're like on, on a sports field trying to get to the ball, if it's a ball game, you can't see what the people in the stadium are seeing of the rest of the game. And again, if you were in a helicopter above the field, you can see what's going on in the other fields or in the rest of the town. So there's always a bigger picture. And the, the more fearful you are, the narrower the band of what you can see, because when you're in extreme fear, all that counts is that you keep living. And you want to be safe. And whatever you perceive to be your safety is what you'll go for. Mm -hmm. And that's why right. if it's marketed well enough, people will go for the thing they think will make them safe. It's a disguise, right? <laughs> until you own yourself, until you own your death, nothing really is safe and effective. <laughs> really, that's an illusion. It's a disguise. <laughs> well, your safety really lies within you. And your safety Absolutely. is knowing you. Yeah. And being present there's nothing more effective than that than than your yeah. own soul power surging through your own yeah. veins and, and and physicalizing your dreams and i want to talk about that dreams people have forgotten to dream i i uh well sometimes you know when you are programmed to limitation sometimes to dr dreaming is so far-fetched you know, um, although having said that, I was my my go to when I was younger was to go to my fantasy land to to, you know, my head is always up in the clouds. That was my survival mode, you know, to to pull out my energy from the chaos that was going on from domestic violence and all that to pull from there and, and plug into, to the clouds. And I realized, you know, that could be a coping mechanism or, or that could be our highest nature is that, that dreaming, that daydreaming, that, that, that connection with um, a reality that's not just the physical. So can you talk about that? I, yes. I know you have better words than what I just said. <laughs> no, your words are good. Your words are good. Yeah. I found that the more we go into survival, the less we are able to dream. Mm -hmm. Because we shut down ourselves. And in shutting down yourself, yourself, you don't even remember how to imagine something being different. Because your reality seems to be so dire that you're just there. And I focus on helping people create their dreams, no matter what age they are. And Johan and I do that ourselves as well. It's, even the house we live in is the result of having created the end result of a dream. Our dream was to live in a bigger house. We were in a complex in a small house and we were looking for 
a big enough house so that he had space to move because with Parkinson's he get he freezes if he's too close to furniture. And so we have a three bedroom house, four bedroom house with three bathrooms that we're renting. We have a carer to help us with him now. In the, and that was part of why we wanted a big house is so that we still had privacy, uh, even with a carer in the house. And we have a big garden with tortoises in it, <laughs> as you know. And um, that we, we created that by applying the principles that I teach about not fixing what seems to be wrong, but re choosing what you would love to create, what you would love, and just taking daily actions that would bring you there while observing the, uh, what's the word, discrepancy between what appears to be happening and what you love. And that is where you hold that tension of what appears to be not giving you the thing you love. And that's where many people fall down because they start looking at how it seems and decide they can't have the thing they love. Because, and, and I'll just add this, that we got this house one week before we had to move out of the place where we were renting before. So for, there was a three months, we gave notice, we had to give notice three months in advance, which we did. And up to one week before, we had to be out of that house. We didn't know where we were moving to. But we kept holding the end result, what our hearts would love, which was a lovely place that's easy to live in, that's big enough, in a big enough property, so that wow. we have freedom of movement. And here we are. Mm -hmm. So that's really, beautiful. Not to not to go into a state of worry. Yes. Or overwhelm. Yes. That's so you need amazing. to observe the things that are worrying you. You don't ignore it. You don't pretend it doesn't there. You go mm -hmm. through the tearing your hair and all of that, but observe it. Don't try and change and fix it. Because the moment you change and fix it, that's what you're giving power to, is the thing right. you don't like, is getting the power. Yeah, instead and, and then what you manifest instead is the chaos or the not yeah. getting it because that's yeah that's yeah. the belief that's that that what you know that's the whatever you speak into reality i'm not gonna get this that, and that's what gets created yeah that's yeah. amazing and and that's self-mastery right there and not a not a lot of people um can one know that it's possible for them because they've been so controlled in fear and two well yeah that they are creators of their own reality yeah yeah i know people are going to have to discover this because there's only one of two ways it's either to be that one in fear or to be the one creating what you love mm -hmm. and creating what you love is not dependent on anything outside of you nothing has to be in place other than your creative spirit, your clarity on what you would love, your ability to focus, know where your focus is, your ability to know whether you're focusing on the lead in your life or whether you're creating the gold you want. And right. I think the current situation in the world is forcing more and more people to wake up to the reality of who they really are and to start taking responsibility 
for their actions and for their energy. Because having delegated responsibility externally um, isn't paying dividends at the moment because we've delegated, often delegated our health to health practitioners as being the ones to make us better. But we are the ones who should be deciding about our health, not external uh, practitioners. We, um, Johan and I actually don't even have pain, pain tablets in us. It was interesting to me when you said you don't take medication because I also don't. Yeah, zero, yeah. <laughs> you also don't. Yeah. I know, we, we believe on, on so many things. And, yeah. you know, the propaganda of the, the shots, now they have monkeypox, right? Um, yeah. The propaganda of you need this in order to be safe. Uh, so now there are more people dead than dying and suffering, um, not just from the adverse reaction, but also from the loss of businesses and, and suicide, loss of lives, you know, more deaths um, from, from many things. But yes, no, I said no over my dead body because, because I, I just wanna summarize what you've said so far. It's that love of self, that, that owning your power, all that were, denied to us because of all everything that we were taught is really upside down it, it's it's really backwards you know and so we we struggle through life proving 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 that we are worthy that we can that we're we can accomplish things and yet when you accomplish things you're you're empty and not fulfilled at least that was my story and then i got you know hit in the head it's cosmic two by force just to wake up to to open my eyes to a whole new way of looking at myself and not not and i didn't just come here to pay my bills and die, but to enjoy life and to express who I am in the unique way that that I can and will or choose, you know, that point of choice was taken away from us. And so I'd like you to to really sum it all up and, and tell people where they can reach you and and how can you help them physicalize their dreams? I think that's, you know, our dreams was taken away from us and our parents didn't know, but they all wanted us to be lawyers and, you know, this and that or whatever, you know, I, I oh my God, all my whole life was in uh, um, resistance to, and it's not conscious. The thing is, it's not conscious, but, you know, tell me something and I will do the exact opposite. <laughs> you know, it's like, I will prove to you. But I've come to a point where I don't need to prove shit to anybody. <laughs> I just want to enjoy life and, and express and share more and contribute more. That's where I'm coming from right now is, is just, just pulling from within and sharing. And do I get scared? Yes. Do I get uh, a shutdown on Facebook and YouTube? Yes. But we keep going because there's dreams. So how do people connect with you in connecting with their dreams and their fear of death and, and owning and experiencing their own divinity? How do people do that? Yes, I offer um, they can do that either through email. Um, I, we can probably write in the um, comments here afterwards my email address or it's on my timeline. 
and also mostly I'm on Facebook. I'm not, and I'm also on LinkedIn, but, and there's, oh, and I have a YouTube channel, which I'm busy rejuvenating. I haven't for two years done much on the YouTube channel. I actually consciously chose not to work last year because of Johan and because we thought he's going to die. I decided to just focus on being with him. And that is why that was so amazing to discover how much deeper our love was when we just owned that we're going to die. And I had also burned myself out with caring for him. So I chose consciously not to work other than I have about five regular clients that I kept seeing and helping with one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I do the one-on-one -on -one coaching and I have packages that people can buy four or eight sessions. And then I have group coaching that's in the pipeline. I haven't finalized that, that yet. And I also wrote a book, um, Sparkle Your Life. I think I've got a copy. Yeah. Your, your Life by Design, Not Default. Wow. That's on Amazon. I wrote that just before I turned 70. So that is one of the reasons I say age is irrelevant if you to create what you love. I had decided I'll be a author and write many books that will change the world when I was four years old. And I was, <laughs> I love it. I finished the draft the day before I turned 70. And I started mm. writing the book in the three weeks before I turned 70 and wrote it over a period of 10 days. So I can be, yeah, you can read that and have some of the concepts that we spoke about are in those uh, different chapters. Is I think my chapter eight on wounds is one of the best things I've ever written. And there's my YouTube channel and then they can email me or they can message me and find me on Facebook. I have a Renette Hinsbeek now page and I also have my Sparkle Your Life by Design page and my time, my own profile, Renette Nell. And then I still have my Renette's Candles page because for 28 years I made sand candles. And when I uh, realized that we need to expand the candles to go online. And Johan was too ill to really do the physical part of running a factory. And I realized I don't like the impersonal aspect of selling things online. I loved having my studio and people coming to my studio to chat about life, the universe and everything. We decided to close the studio, but I've kept that page. So you'll still find the Renette's Candles page there, but not Renette's Candles, though I have a retreat that I have in mind for hopefully next year called soul candles where you'll make a candle and then also have some teaching around the candle is then a metaphor for um, a life situation for instance a hurricane candle that you make and then the teaching and the meditation and so on afterwards is around how to live through the hurricanes of life so have I answered you? <laughs> yes, wondering. yes, yes. And, and I will put all the links um, in this, uh, you know, funny in every, everywhere you'll be on, except YouTube. <laughs> You're rejuvenating your YouTube. I decided to, I got another uh, couple of, couple more videos of mine got taken down uh, yesterday. Oh. And oh. so yesterday I was just delete, 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 like, you know, 
yeah. <laughs> and you can say that's a reaction or you can say that's me uh not bowing down to fear um and and maybe that's yeah. the mastery that i but i decided to take down all the soul power to the people podcast from youtube because they cannot tell me that this is misinformation yeah <laughs> stop no, it i think yeah yeah, no, I'm with you there. I haven't even thought about that aspect, but the um, my website, there's a website, but nothing's going on in it. I have to still have it. It sort of says it's under construction right. and it'll take you to my Facebook page. But the, with the YouTube, uh, the main reason I thought I would stay on there, there's a video there of Johan pouring the first giant candle that's had so much engagement and that is from 2015. Wow. So that's the only reason is that kind of longevity. Um, mm -hmm. And I try very hard. Well, I haven't a clue what they now think I say or don't say. But in general, I try to not use the words that are trigger words for right. all the little robots. <laughs> right. So exactly. I, uh, I, yeah. yeah I, well, I decided to keep my my, uh, you know, the my coaching page there but the soul part to the people podcast its existence is not dependent on youtube so so that's one uh, determination that i made yesterday and i you know i i will not live in fear so i'm gonna cut yeah. off their power over me by just totally yeah like you know just fear. really yeah. a giant caesar and nope you have no power over me. I am cutting off that source of fear, uh, whatever they're, uh, you know, they're trying to make me conform and comply. And I will keep keeping on speaking up the truth and inviting wonderful guests like yourself, Renette, um, just not afraid to speak up the truth and not afraid to really show people that it can be done. You are the creator of your reality. And, uh, you know, we have different levels of awakening. We have different levels of consciousness and we can only meet each other. You know, the love that Renette talked about, you know, that, the, that permission to love ourselves. If you haven't given that to yourself yet, now is the time. Otherwise you will keep getting pulled into, pulled into fear-based decisions. And the more you create anguish in yourself because your soul wants to come alive, come into the physical form through your body, through your consciousness, through your creations. Any final words, Renette, before I let you go? Well, I was wondering if I have any specific final words, but I've decided I will stay with my favorite final words, which is go lightly and sparkle. sparkle thank you Tess. thank you thank, thank you. you so much renette all right everyone hope you enjoyed that i'll see you again next week and yeah you. you won't find soul power to the people podcast on youtube i pulled it out you can find my other page there but you know i choose not to live in fear and it's choice god bless you all bye bye for now bye i hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind, take back your voice, take back your soul, 
take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.